Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. The notes, the teaching notes are online on our website. You can use that QR code and get access to those. Every week we try and have our teaching notes up there for resources and our community uses them in many ways, sometimes personal study, sometimes in their friendship groups or just a resource for later to access at another point as we attempt to cover some of these things that the Lord is emphasizing through the word. Well, I'm gonna read this verse, this section in Hebrews chapter 12, and, um, and then I'll pray. This morning, we're gonna talk about the Lord's zeal to reveal Jesus as the bridegroom, king, and judge, and how that plan is one of the main emphasis that the Lord is highlighting to us right now, even now. And we'll see a little bit of that in this verse. Hebrews 12, look at verse 25. He says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Now he has promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken would remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Father, we come before you and we ask, Lord, for help from heaven. We ask Lord, for a spirit of grace to rest upon this spiritual family. We ask, Lord, for a spirit of discernment to touch our hearts, that we would not be troubled even in these days and the days to come, that you would give us a divine perspective of how you see the events that are transpiring and what to make sense of them and then how to respond to them in a way that is pleasing to you. We wanna please your heart, Lord. We wanna please your heart. We love you, Lord, and in your name we pray, amen. Well, Paul reminds us that in Ephesians chapter two that we're seated in heavenly places. I love that. And we're seated in heaven, and we're sitting on thrones. And though we're not there bodily, there are others that are there bodily, we're there in the spirit, and when we're seated on that throne with Jesus, he's on his throne, we're on a little bitty throne, some of us smaller than others, like mine. But when we're on that throne, we're on a sea of glass. And that sea of glass, I think, gives us insight into how we're to perceive and discern the events and trends that are transpiring down on the earth. Isn't that amazing that God caused his sea to be made of glass so that you could see through it. And I believe that the Lord wants us to have a divine perspective to make sense of everything that is happening in our nation and things that are going to escalate and increase in the days ahead. Not just negative things, positive things as well. He wants us to make sense of them through that lens of being in heaven and looking down at the earth. The main human response to crisis and adversity is to have a perspective of being on the earth and looking up to heaven and going, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And who is causing this problem? 
And that's mostly where the nations of the earth and where unbelievers are, are right now. They're trapped in the thinking of trying to make sense of what is actually happening because things are accelerating so quickly within our own society. Why are they happening? Is there some sort of root cause? Is there a cause to blame? Is there a person to blame? Are there people to blame for what is happening around us? But they're not yet asking the question of who? Who is disrupting them? And I am so encouraged right now about what the Lord is doing in our nation and in the other nations of the earth because he is preparing us for that wedding day that is coming. He is preparing us to encounter Jesus as the bridegroom, king, and judge in an unprecedented way that is gonna change history and reshape the way in which everyone relates to God forever and ever and ever. In verse 25 of this passage that we just read, Hebrews 12, 25, the reason that things are shaking is because they're refusing the one who is speaking. God is trying to get the attention of the church and of the nations. And many are resisting him. They are refusing him. Thus, he is releasing shaking in order to wake them up. He is going to shake the earth. He's gonna shake heaven. And he's going to remove the things that can be shaken. And those things that are shaken are where the confidence of humanity primarily lies. It's in the power of man. It's in his leadership. It's in his own wisdom. It's in the way that we control our finances and we use them to bring security to our life and stability. All of those things, all of those places of confidence, the Lord says here in this passage, he says, I am going to shake those things. Why? So that you will not refuse the one who is speaking to you. Now he's doing it in a heart of kindness. He's doing it as a father. He's doing it as a bridegroom, or as we're emphasizing here, he's doing it as a bridegroom, a king, and a judge because he doesn't, he won't allow the nations and he won't allow the church to continue on resisting him in their own hearts. And so when we look at the various things that are happening and the escalating trends, we're to connect it to there is a message that is beyond the message of the shaking. The message that's happening is not pandemic. It's not mass. It's not political strife. It's not racial strife. There is a man who is a bridegroom who is speaking to the earth and he's saying, I want you to listen to me. I am after you and I'm a jealous bridegroom and everything that gets in the way of my heart as a bridegroom, I am going to shake it. I am going to remove it and I'm going to establish in the earth and in my people a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so every institution, every belief system, every ideology that is not in agreement with my heart, he goes, I want to promise you it will be shaken and it will be removed and I will establish my 
holy king on my holy hill of Mount Zion, Jesus, the bridegroom God. I will establish him as Lord of all the cosmos and everyone will serve him and love him and worship him because he is worthy of that. And the father is committed to this. As a church family, we have an assignment from the Lord to emphasize and encounter Jesus as the bridegroom king and judge. And it's not just that we emphasize it through our messaging, because the message, we can show it from the Bible and the various passages, but we are as a spiritual body meant to encounter Jesus in these ways in our personal lives. And when we encounter him as the bridegroom, king, and judge, it changes the way that we relate to God. It changes the way we relate to our spouses, to our relationships, to our children, and the Lord is purifying us, the body of Christ, as they encounter Jesus through these three facets of his personality. These three facets, the bridegroom, king, and judge, they give us insight into the way in which his leadership is going to come to bear upon the earth. Because he's gonna come, he's gonna break through the clouds, he's going to show up and rule the earth from Mount Zion forever and ever. And these three facets give us insight into what is happening, why it's happening, and the who behind the whole story. It is him. It's him that is gonna disrupt the nations. It's him that has his hand on the church to cause them to move out of a state of lukewarmness into passionate love for him. And he is so committed to this. His hand is on the nations of the earth. There is a man that wants the attention of the church, paragraph B, and he wants the attention of the nations, and here's the thing, he's really good at getting the attention of his people and of the nations. He knows the right amount of heat and the right amount of pressure to apply through all the different facets of society and culture and the nations of the earth, he knows the right amount of pressure to get people tuning into him and listening to what he's saying. Right now, the nations are confused. Who is behind all of this? But I wanna promise you there is a day coming where that veil is going to be lifted and the nations will know the one that they're dealing with. They're dealing with the lamb. And he is the bridegroom, king, and judge, and he's about to break into history. And the confusion about, is it God? Is it the religious guys? Is it these political guys? Is it these nations? What is causing all this, 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 this disruption? All of those conversations are gonna be removed, and the nations are gonna come into full conflict with either accepting or rejecting this bridegroom, king, and judge. The Christian, paragraph D, we should be expecting things to shake because the Bible makes it so evident. The Bible makes it evident that our life, according to Paul, is momentary light affliction, that it's a life of 
being a pilgrim and a sojourner. It's a life where we don't feel a part of the prevailing culture because God has called us out of that into his body that's called the church, the ecclesia, and he's given us a new name and a new identity and a new value system, and it's a part of a citizenship and a kingdom and an age that is coming to the earth but not yet fully here. It's begun at the cross, but it has not yet been fully realized. Thus, we should expect the kingdoms and institutions of this age to be shaken. When you go to a wedding, you expect to dance. When you go to a funeral, you expect to cry. When you go to Kansas City, you expect to eat barbecue. And when you go to a children's sports game, you expect there to be incredibly poor refereeing. We're to expect shaking. We're to expect things to be disrupted and the escalation of them. And there are so many that are in the body of Christ that are just prophesying, well, just hold on a little bit. It's all gonna get better like next March. Just hold on. 2021 is the real year of breakthrough, guys. Like 2020, we missed it. Okay, give us a pass, but 2021, hey, baby, it's coming. You can, you can bet on it. This December, there's gonna be all the words about how 2020 is the real year of redemption and restoration and da-da-da-da-da-da, all this stuff. And Hebrews is telling us, the Lord goes, I'm gonna remove everything that can be shaken in your life. Every prop that you've put yourself up on, where money has been your prop and financial security, where your relationship has, where this, where that, where you've put trust in things that are not of me. He goes, I'm gonna come and shake that because I want you to fall and I'm gonna catch you when you fall. I want to, I want to raise up a people that are leaning on me, not dependent upon other things. Jesus is the great king, just a quick overview. He is the great king of power and authority. He delivers the poor from the bondage of sin and evil. He rules over the nations of the earth. And this truth about Jesus as the king has been the primary emphasis in the body of Christ for many, 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 many years. And it's not a bad emphasis. It's not an emphasis that should go away. We should all the more embrace Jesus as the powerful king that breaks the curse of the evil one, delivers his people, and brings in his kingdom everlasting. Secondly, Jesus is the bridegroom, and scripture makes that clear. He is a bridegroom, and the bridegroom heart of Christ emphasizes his affection and his delight over his people. I mean, it is one of the most, you know, neglected truths about God, the fact that he delights in us and loves us and rejoices over us even right now. Even in our emotional state, you know, a, a handful of us are just basket cases right now. Our lives feel a wreck and it feels out of control and we're just kind of swirling and we're going, I don't even know if I was as devoted to the Lord. And he goes, maybe I was just shaking up your perception of your devotion a little bit. And he goes, even then I delight in you and my affection is toward you and my heart is so open over you and I'm singing songs of deliverance over you even now. 
And he goes, I wanna woo you into my heart as a bridegroom so that you don't have any other loves. I wanna call you out of all your other loves, out of all the things that you, and we don't even know the depth of the things that we love in addition to Christ until those things start to be shaken. And when those things start to be shaken, we kind of have this moment, and maybe you've had it because I've had it several times this year where I look up and I realize, huh, I didn't realize that was something I was propping up my life with. And now that it's been taken or touched or tested, I'm having to go back to the drawing board. I'm going, wait a second, hold on. Lord, are you telling me I had an idol in my heart? Me? Lord, come on. And he's going, I am so jealous over your heart. I am so, he goes, I am so tender. I'm so kind. I am so unrelenting. See, a bridegroom is unrelenting over his bride. You show up at the wedding day and start slapping around the bride. The bridegroom is going to be stirred with zeal. I mean, he is going to remove you permanently. And he has this heart of jealous affection for us. And we can't forget that because that goes into understanding the things that are unfolding right now that we're seeing around us. In paragraph C, Jesus is the judge and he establishes justice in the earth in accordance with God's standards. And I wanna emphasize that part particularly this morning. He, he establishes justice according to God's standards. And when God's justice begins to prevail within the heart of the individual, within society, within a nation, I mean, you can start to tremble before him because we're not talking about justice in accordance with our standards of making wrong things right, but accordance with God's standards. Isaiah 42, the great passage that Isaiah prophesies about the justice of Christ when he arises. I wanna encourage you to go read Isaiah 42. There's a lot of talk about justice these days and we need justice for this and we need justice for that and they're not wrong. The problem is when you read Isaiah 42 and the depth and the breadth by which God will establish justice in the earth, it says, he says this phrase, he says, I have been silent a long time, but now, I will arise, now I will begin to pant and gasp. And then he says, I will lay waste the hills and the mountains. We're talking about a justice we're not ready for. We're talking about a justice yet that I cannot endure justice at that level. When the judge of the earth arises and he begins to judge with impartiality across the nations and he begins to look not just at the actions of men but at their thoughts and their motives and intent, then that is a level of justice that is deep. That is a level of justice that is intense. And this is probably the least emphasized facet of Jesus as the bridegroom, king, and judges, his judgments, because they're so misunderstood. We've mostly interpreted them as being punitive and being afraid of them, but we have to remember that Jesus as the judge is the one that gives reward to those that he has justified. 
to the ones that he has qualified through the redemptive work of the cross, he rewards their decisions and their life and their prayer and their labor. All of it matters because the judge is coming to the earth. And it's been the least emphasized, but I want to, I want to hint at, I'm pretty sure this is gonna happen, but in the next 10, 20, whatever years, I think that this topic is going to be more and more emphasized. Because if you're a prisoner that is suffering, you want a judge to come and get you out of prison. Right now, the majority of our lives are fairly comfortable, fairly convenient for the most part, and we don't really see the need for a judge to come and release us from the bondage of slavery and, and pain and suffering and tribulation. Most of us have that experience. Some of us do. But the Lord says, you will see my son as a judge and you will long for him. You will cry out for him. You will love the judge. You will tremble before him, but you will love him because he's got the heart of a bridegroom and the power of a king and he's coming. And in Psalm, I'll, just, I'll throw this verse out there, Psalm 119 verse 20, the psalmist says, my soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. My soul, the soul of the psalmist was so convinced of the beauty and the majesty of the judge that he said, my soul breaks with long. I'm longing for your judgments at all times. Well, I mean, you don't hear that message being preached in the body of Christ almost anywhere. What was it that the psalmist saw in the heart of this bridegroom king that said, I need your judgments. I long for them. I want them. And I believe that the Lord is gonna shift the body of Christ all the more to leaning into his personhood and the, and the beauty of who he is as the judge of all the earth. Well, the Father is committed to revealing Jesus, particularly in these three facets to the nations of the earth. He's gonna glorify his son. It's one of the reasons why, again, we're experiencing the multi-levels of shaking that we are is because the Father is trying to get the nations to lean in to his son as the bridegroom and as the king and as the judge. In Isaiah 40, the forerunner ministry, it says there's a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, get ready, he's coming. He is coming, he says the glory of the Lord is going to be revealed in verse five, he says, and all flesh is gonna see it together. The father wants to display the beauty of Jesus as the bridegroom, the king, and the judge, and he wants the nations to be wowed by his own son. He's so committed to displaying the glory and the power of his son that he will send disruption to our lives. What Mike emphasized earlier, boundary lines of nations will be rewritten. Why? So that they grope for him, so that they search for him, so that they encounter him, because the only safe place is under that shelter of Christ as the bridegroom, king, and judge. It's only in the safety of the cross. That's the only thing that endures the shaking that is coming. In the in the Day of the Lord, Isaiah 4.2 says that the branch of the Lord will be seen as beautiful and glorious in all the earth. The nations will see Jesus as beautiful 
and glorious. And this has gotta be, as the body of Christ, our premier occupation because we're the bride. And the bride before the wedding is preoccupied with the bridegroom. She's thinking about him. She's longing for him. She is waiting for the day where they will never have to be separated ever again. And this is the heart and the spirit that the Lord is bringing the church and our spiritual family into even right now. The Lord will gather all of his people to the throne of Jesus to witness him as the glorious king that rules over the nations of the earth. The church, paragraph C, she's gonna turn towards the beauty of the Lord in an unprecedented way. She is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and a spirit of revelation is gonna sweep across the nations of the earth, the body of Christ, and she is going to be so uh, 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 obsessed with Jesus and his magnificent beauty. And the conversations I think that the church is having now in 20 years, they're gonna be very different.
is to sustain day and night prayer before the Lord, but we need to get before him in prayer. And I'm constantly having to check my heart when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel the desire to complain, when I feel the circumstances of my life pressing down on me, Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 6, he says, be anxious for nothing. You know that anxiety is at probably an all-time high, and I'm guessing right now, but I, I'm pretty sure that's true. Anxiety right now is at an all-time high. Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, there's your thanksgiving message, let your requests be made known to God. Don't just get in the rocking chair of worry where you're doing something but you're going nowhere. Actually cry out to God. Contend for your own soul. Contend for the soul of your kids. Contend for the soul of loved ones that don't know Jesus. Ask God to release his promises. This is the time to do it. Don't wait. And don't just get swept up and anxiety and complaining and bitterness and just kind of ride the roller coaster of where the societal trends are going. Don't do it. Eject. Be like, I am given authority to come before his throne with boldness and access and grace to seek him, and he's a good father. Invite the worship team to come out. Let's stand before the Lord if you're able to. We're gonna bring this to a close. Lord, as we consider your agenda, your divine agenda to reveal Jesus as the bridegroom, king, and judge, as we consider the means by which you will have a purified bride, Lord, would you give us a spirit of grace? Would you give us a spirit of wisdom Isaiah 33 says that wisdom and knowledge would be the stability of your times. We ask for that spirit of grace to touch this family. We ask for wisdom from heaven. And just these three areas that I highlighted at the end, maybe you need grace to respond to being able to sit and hear the Lord. Maybe that's an area of your life that you're struggling. You're just going, I don't have the time or I don't have the means or I get easily distracted. But you know the Lord is inviting you to sit before him right now during this season of your life. And maybe that stood out to you. Secondly, those of you that feel that your house is out of order, either personally or your own family or whatever it is, but you're like, I need... I need help from the Lord to actually respond in this way, to get my house in order as the urgency increases. Or thirdly, you've been in the place where you're going, I feel my heart being pulled into anxiety and complaint, and I need to eject, and I need to get into the place of prayer before the Lord. The Lord wants to help us in these three areas, to sit before Him, to get our house in order, and to actually pray as the International House of Prayer, to be a praying people. And if you're going, 
I need grace in one or all of these areas in particular. We wanna invite you to come up to the front because we have a ministry team that wants to minister to you and pray with you and stand with you. In reality, we're all in this thing together. We were all in this thing together. I need each of these three things, and you probably do too, but if the Lord is particularly highlighting this to you, you feel that pull of the Holy Spirit, I wanna invite you, come up to the front. We have these two lines that are down here. We wanna invite our ministry team to come up and begin ministering to those that are up here. Grab a friend, leaders and ministry team in the room. Grab a friend or partner and let's minister to these ones as we stand before the Lord. Our Lord is so good. He's so kind to us. And he never calls us to something that he's not willing to help us actually walk out and endure. And many are feeling just overwhelmed. You feel like you're drowning right now with what's happening. You're looking forward to the holidays and family and conversations. You're going, I'm, I'm not ready for this. The Lord will give grace. He'll give grace to the humble. He gives grace when we ask us. So Holy Spirit, we call out to you. We call out to you the helper. You're the helper and the, the advocate that brings us in to the right heart response that causes us to love you, that causes us to get our lives aligned. When the pressure is heating up, we wanna be rightly aligned with your purposes. Would you give grace? Would you give grace, Lord? We ask for graceful conversations and words, things that need to happen, things that need to be said. We ask for great grace to rest upon us as a spiritual family. We need a handful more of you. If you're a missions-based leader here, you're a friendship group leader, zone pastor, we need your help praying for some more that are up here. Please come to the front and help us. Stand with these ones. We love you. We love you, Jesus. I'll be anxious for nothing whenever's in front of me. I'll trust you. I will be anxious for nothing. I'll put my eyes on. Trust you, 
Fade. 